What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu visit. Hello, everybody. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back to another episode of the Back of the Pack podcast brought to you by OKKC Sports. My name is Kyle Walker. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining us. Super exciting episode coming up. Like, really, this is going to be a fun one. We actually have a guest with us this week. A lot of you will know this person or at least will be familiar with the name because this guy has been in and around Kansas City Sports for quite a while now. And we are going to bring in here, this is Dave Borchard. Now, if that name sounds familiar, that is because he is the race director for the Kansas City Marathon, the big boy, the big one, done in October, starts down near the plaza, right in front of Nelson Atkins as of lately, and is our big race that we do here yearly. He is the race director there. Let me just give you a little background here on Dave. Dave has, like I said, been a part of the Kansas City sports scene for a long time. Dave started with uh, Sports Radio 810. Back from 2000 to 2008, he was on the air. So if the name sounds familiar, I'm sure you've probably heard him. He was a board operator, a producer. He's been a reporter and a host. He's been all over the place. He had his own show for a while. He was part of the Chiefs pregame and postgame shows. And then if you ever listened to Between the Lines with Kevin Keatsman, you would have heard Dave piping up on there as well. After leaving in 2008, Dave went on to join Sporting Kansas City. (laughs) Go figure. They were the Kansas City Wizards back then. He helped with the transition to get them from the Wizards over to Sporting KC. He was with Public Relations, and he has worked with Children's Mercy, and he was there when we changed names, and the, you know, there's just the explosion and popularity of the soccer club. And then, let's see, after that, where did he go? Well, he went to where he is now. Dave joined the Kansas City Sports Commission, and he is the Director of Events. And then, like I said, he is also, well, let's see, he's Director of Corporate and Community Relationships as well and the race director for the Kansas City Marathon. It is running on October 15th of 2022. The Back of the Pack podcast will be at that race. I have not decided on distance yet. Not sure what distance I'm going to sign up for. That's going to be three weeks after I get back from Berlin and the Berlin Marathon. Trying to decide if I could maybe pull a half marathon out. I don't know. I'm going to have to decide here probably pretty quick so I can get registered. But maybe we just go 5K that one. Or you know what? Maybe I'll go volunteer. Maybe I'll go volunteer in my back of the pack t-shirt and cheer on all you runners, which is also super fun. So anyway, like I said, Dave has been all around the Kansas City sports scene. He is a runner. He is a race director. And so it is my pleasure to bring him on. Everybody, this is Dave Borchert. So Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I like I really appreciate you taking your time to do this. I know you're a busy person. I warned you in one of my emails that the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was the Boston Marathon. So you just completed Boston back in April, correct? 
Yeah, that's correct. I had tried to qualify for seven years and I finally got there. And so it was something to check off the bucket list for sure. Oh man. I I'm super jealous because I know I will never be fast enough. My only hope in will be a charity bib. Uh, but, uh, what race did you use to qualify? So it's funny. Um, you know, it's been so weird with COVID Boston has been taking submissions from even a couple years ago. So I think the time I had qualified a couple times and, and didn't actually get accepted. You know, my time wasn't fast enough, even mm-hmm. though I had qualified. And then I qualified twice during COVID. And the one I used to submit to get in was in Spokane, Washington, which most people don't know much about Spokane, but it's where Gonzaga University is based. And it was this race called the Windermere Marathon, which most people probably have never heard of. It's a Labor Day race. And it was so weird because it was September of 2020. So it was quite a while ago, but it was one of those where, you know, COVID was peaking and they said, show up anytime and start whenever you want. And I literally ran the whole race by myself with no one to talk to, no pacers. It was just so weird, you know, doing races, especially that first year of the pandemic. But uh, that was the one. It was called the Windermere Marathon and it was up in Spokane. That would be wild to do a marathon with no one around. I mean, but it still counts. Like it's not a virtual. You're actually up there doing that marathon. Yeah, it counts. It just kind of sucks, right? Because like right. a lot of the a lot of the fun about races is like being out there and either you have a pace group of people you can talk to or you have some running buddies that are the same pace or if nothing else, you just end up running by people. And then you have the spectators that always make the experience neat. And it was funny. One of my friends said afterwards, that's crazy. You ran a good time by yourself. And I was thinking like, I guess you're right, but I hadn't really thought about it going in just because at that point we were doing all our training runs by ourselves too, for the most part. Like I had one or two friends, we would sometimes meet up for training runs, but even back then everybody was so spooked about COVID. I'd done 20 milers and stuff like that by myself. So I guess I didn't even think about it going in, but now looking back, it's like, yeah, it's kind of crazy because you get so much adrenaline from, you know, the spectators or just, you know, time goes by so much quicker when you can just shoot the breeze with people. So oh, yeah. it is, it is kind of crazy to, to have to do a marathon solo. Yeah, man, that that's wild. I Back in November, I ran the New York marathon and I don't know oh. what would have happened if I didn't have the crowd. Uh, well, see, now I'm jealous of you because <laughs> to be honest, the next thing on my bucket list is doing New York because it was funny. I was in Boston with some people who had done New York and they hadn't done Boston before. And they said, oh, it's gonna be tough for Boston to be in New York. And then afterwards, they were kind of split. Some of them said, yeah, I like Boston a little better. But this, some of them still said like New York's insane. So I, I mm-hmm. think whenever you do Boston, I think it'll be interesting to hear your opinion on how it compares to New York. Cause I've heard nothing but amazing things about New York. Yeah. New York was really something. There was a point and it was, I don't remember which borough we were going through. It was after Brooklyn. The crowd was surging so much. We had to run single file on the course because the crowd had surged onto the road. Oh my gosh. You couldn't get through them except for this one single file line and people were just (laughs) going nuts. I mean, it was a huge party. So I, I've done New York and Chicago. I can't say, I mean, both cities are great and I love both cities, but so far New York has blown everybody away. Yeah, I believe that. And I've done Chicago's the only other major I've done too. And for me, okay. like Boston was 10 times better than Chicago. Chicago was cool, but uh, I, you know, I also had a terrible race. So then that, that like sticks in your head of like, mm-hmm. oh, and it's, you know, it's weird kind of coming from Kansas city where it's super hilly and then going to Chicago where there's no Hills. And I don't know if that's just an excuse I made up, but I know I really struggled on that course, but like Boston was amazing in terms of the course and the spectators. And that sounds like New York's the same sort of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, those towns don't like each other anyway, so they have to try and outdo each other with the spectators. 
Yeah, for sure. And I know like one of the things I know we're going to talk about is the Garmin Casey Marathon. And, you know, long term for me, one of my biggest goals as the race director is trying to get our spectator numbers up. I know we'll never have two million spectators like Chicago or New York, but it's interesting because if you see these monster cities that have so much going on and they come out with like millions of spectators, then there's no reason we can't have a huge turnout in Kansas City. I know I know some people hate running and they don't want to do races, but you know, spectating is fun. You can go out and it's an excuse to have a Bloody Mary at 9 a.m. And, you know, you can fry, fry up some bacon or pass out donuts or whatever. Like, I think it's Kansas City is such a good sports town and a good kind of big events town. You know, American Royal Plaza Art Fair, all that stuff. I'd, I'd love for the Garmin Casey Marathon Day to be one of those days in Kansas City where, you know, people come out like they would for a Chiefs tailgate. That would be amazing. And so that segues perfectly. So, how long have you been doing this? You are the race director of the Garmin Kansas City Marathon. How long have you had that hat? Yeah, correct. So I started with the Kansas City Sports Commission in 2016. So we're a nonprofit organization and we manage the Garmin Casey Marathon. And so for us, that's our biggest fundraiser each year. And so I got hired in 2016 as the director of events. And when I got hired, I replaced the former director of events who'd also been race director for the Casey Marathon. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my boss, I'm like, can I be the race director? Because I love running. And she's like, sure, that's good. Uh, but the funny thing, the funny thing is at that point, I had never volunteered at a race. I had never worked a race. Like all I knew was I've ran in a bunch of races. So kind of every decision I've tried to make the last six years has been from a runner's perspective and what's going to make for a good runner experience. So like, I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways, but like me going in, I was so green about all the stuff that needs to be planned in terms of volunteers and aid stations and porta potties and heat sheets and like all this stuff that as a runner, you don't really think twice about, but we're so lucky because we have a guy named Josh on our team who has since taken over that spot I had as director of events. And he's like our logistics guy. So he runs point on ordering all that stuff, uh, metal shirts, porta potties, like I said, everything, heat sheets, food, bottles of water, the stage for the music, the fencing, like he takes care of all that stuff. And I, I guess my role now as race director is less of those kind of logistical things and more about still kind of runner experience. What's the feel of the race? What does the course look like? Like what kind of story are we looking to tell? Because, you know, if we put on a good race, then people are more likely to come out year after year. And the other thing is like, we don't want to get into the trap of, okay, we have the same race every single year. It's the same course. It's the same runner perks where, you know, you're getting this and this and it never changes because even if you have a good race, If you do the exact same thing year after year, at some point, people get tired of what you're doing. And then the other thing that, you know, we have to deal with, there's a certain percentage of runners, and I don't know if it's 10% or 20%, but, you know, there's a certain percentage of runners that all they're looking for is a new PR or trying to qualify for Boston or whatever that is. And if they're going to do that, they can certainly find a faster race than the Garmin Casey Marathon. And that's not saying you can't PR a race because, you know, I've had some friends that have done that in the last few years. But, you know, you could go to your point to Chicago is a flat course and Indianapolis is a flat course. So I know that's one thing we always struggle with is like, how do we appeal to that certain group of runners that they maybe shy away from the race because they know it's not the easiest course out there. And, you know, we switched the course last year to start finish in front of the Nelson Atkins, which got a really good response. But a big part of that was the streetcar construction on Main Street. It's, it completely tore up our old finish line, which was right. Main Street and Pershing, essentially. And Main Street's just going to keep getting torn up over the next few years as the streetcar is expanding. So we wanted to get somewhere where we could stay long term. But still, when we were kind of we tried to plan out the course again from scratch and it was like, okay, 
do we really try to make this significantly easier? And, and what we found is, first off, it's really hard to do that in Kansas City, no matter what. You're kind of running east and west a lot around the plaza. That's one of the only you know flat areas in town. You could maybe run out to the zoo or the sports complex. But if we made the course significantly easier, we'd have to miss all those cool landmarks in town. And so we kind of stuck with the decision that you know, we're going to make it as easy as we can, but still see all the sites. So, you know, we're still running past the plaza and Westport and the World War One Memorial and Union Station and the Nelson Atkins and 18th and Vine and downtown and all that stuff. So it's definitely a fine line. But I'd say those are two things that I think about a lot that I think we could do better at. Um, that spectator piece is one that always pains me. Not that we don't have any spectators, but I know Kansas City is a great sports town and I kind of wonder what it would take to get the whole community to come out and, and just provide that experience that I know you've seen in Chicago and I've seen it in Chicago as well. Yeah, uh, I, now I did run the half marathon back in October and so I can definitely okay. confirm it was an easier course than the ones Good. previously. I actually enjoyed it a lot and you're right, we did hit all the sites and ran by all the, all the spots that we here in Kansas City love. I wish I could sit here and give you a great answer on how to get more spectators. It's definitely something that the race could use. And mm -hmm. just I am beyond how to get those people other than, you know, we'll just start begging people to show up. Hey, show up and cheer because it's a lot of fun. Well, it's funny before COVID, it's, it's something we may need to do again, but we had started a spectator contest where different neighborhood associations could compete against each other and the top neighborhood association. We had the runners vote after the race and the post-race survey and mm -hmm. the top neighborhood association got like a $500 gift card to Johnny's and then second was $300 and third place was 200 where they could, you know, go out and have a neighborhood picnic or party or whatever. So I like, I think things like that could help, but I, I think so much of it is word of mouth where... It's about 70% of our runners are from within 30, 45 minutes of Kansas City. So, you know, people running locally, can you bring out a couple of friends to, even if they're not running, come out and volunteer or come out and spectate. But yeah, I, I don't know exactly what it is because I've done some smaller races too, where the whole town comes out. You know, the Grandma's Marathon in Duluth is a really good one. Uh, Twin Cities is bigger than us, but they're not near as big as Chicago or New York. And they have, at least they advertise like 250,000 spectators. So uh, if any of your listeners out there, you know, if you're if you're a runner, try to get some friends and family to come out because we really want to improve that piece. And, you know, even people that think they hate running, I think if they go out and spectate a race, a lot of times they'll be a lot more open-minded. It's kind of like what I tell people about the sport of soccer, right? I, how much it's changed in Kansas city over the last 15 years is crazy, but you know, a lot of people used to hate soccer and everyone I've taken to children's mercy park to watch sporting KC play or the current, they all come away kind of shaking their head. Like they can't believe how good it is. So I, I think a lot of the same is true about running and racing is, you know, if you go into it with an open mind, it's something you enjoy, even if you think you don't like running. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm ashamed to say I used to be one of those soccer people. I loathed the sport and then my youngest daughter <laughs> got into it. And so as I watched her and started getting into more and more soccer, now I love it. I even play that's myself funny. now. How ridiculous. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. See, I was kind of the same way. I played like one year of soccer when I was a kid and it was indoors on a gym floor. And I was like seven years old and I was terrible. <laughs> and so from that, I hated soccer and I was the same way. And then uh, back in 2008, I started doing sideline reporting for the Wizards that they were back then. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, this is actually, I had this perception in my head that 
you know, soccer players fall down all the time and they pretend they're hurt. And some players do that from some countries for sure. But yeah, like in the U S and in major league soccer, these guys are tough. It's a fast physical sport. And the other thing that's great is they're just like the nicest guys. They're not making $50 million a year. You know, these are guys that are on pretty normal salaries compared to the general public. And they're just the nicest people. And then once you take that, and now I know this isn't a soccer podcast, but now you put it <laughs> with this great ownership group in this palace of a stadium. It's and, and their whole brand is kind of like what we try to do with the race. It's like all Kansas city, everything they do is about the city and how they're representing KC and, They've done such a good job building it up. And so that's the other big thing for us at the sports commission. We just found out about two weeks ago that we're getting the world cup games in Kansas city. So that yeah, was, another, we are. yeah, oh my we gosh, are. that was a huge win. So now FIFA's coming here sometime between mid July and mid August for a site visit. And then I think we're going to have to start hiring some folks because 2026 will be here before we know it. It's going to yeah, be crazy, but that was, yeah. So now it's funny. Like when I was 10 years old, I would have told you, I don't like soccer and I hate running. And now I love both those things. So it's funny how, <laughs> things change yeah uh, no same boat i i ran my first race at 30 years old and then i was a 40 year old rookie on our mutual friend ben on his soccer team so That's yeah awesome i'm late in life to a lot of this stuff but it, well, it if you ever a need a, if you ever need a substitute on that soccer team let me know because i can offer no soccer skill but i feel like i have knowledge of the game and i have ability to run so that's what i got oh they, they let me play and i'm terrible i, I know i'm terrible <laughs> you know again i didn't play until i was 40 years old so now i play goalie for them and just tuesday night i got lit up and played like garbage but they let me come back every week so it's great that's funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm so excited about the World Cup, but we'll we'll try not to digress too much down that road. Uh, except a buddy of mine, he asked, he's like, we're going to this, right? Like, of course we are. Well, what, what about ticket cost? It doesn't matter. Like, right. to, to say we're going to go to a World Cup game would be something. But anyway. So yeah, and um, just, just I'll say this real quick. So we don't know ticket costs yet, but I, right. I did do some research on what they're costing and cutter. And for these group stage games, which is kind of the pool play, you can get in for a hundred to 200 bucks per ticket kind of in that range. So hopefully, okay. hopefully in four years, there'll at least be some tickets that are reasonable like that. Um, you know, the stadiums here are bigger, which I think is a good thing. Yes. So Hopefully it's not going to be like Super Bowl prices. I'd be really surprised if it ends up like that. Oh uh, yeah, that that part would be painful. But yeah, if it's if it's in that little lesser range, or I could even go a little little more if need be. Again, this is kind of I, I look at this as a once in a lifetime kind totally. of thing. Yeah. yeah so sure. no, we'll we'll have to be at a game. Hopefully, we get a couple games. Uh, if it's pool play, we should have more than one, right? Yeah. So the everything we're hearing is kind of five to seven games is the most likely range at Arrowhead. Beautiful. So there should be quite a few and plenty of opportunities. And it's funny, you look at the pool play and every every group has one or two monster teams. So imagine like if it's a Germany or a Mexico or a Brazil and Kansas City and all those fans kind of descending on the city, it's going to be pretty cool. Oh, yeah, that is going to be something. I remember back in 2012 when the Royals had the All-Star game. And mm -hmm. like the whole town for that week was just electric. And then, of course, the World Series years as well. So I imagine this could probably even eclipse that. Uh, I think so. I mean, unless there's a roof on Arrowhead Stadium at some point and then you're talking about a Super Bowl, you know, oh, in, yeah. in the in the U.S., the Super Bowl is the big thing. Right. But mm -hmm. the World Cup is essentially the Super Bowl for the rest of the world. Right. So. Yeah, that's the only thing I could think would even be comparable. And yeah, World Cup's going to be just amazing. We keep telling people it's the biggest event that's ever going to come to Kansas City. Oh, 100%. Yeah, uh, 100%. And I'm so excited. But okay, I'm going to try and bring this back around to running. So yeah. you said you want to do a race that runners would want to run because you are a runner. 
Well, mm-hmm. so I, I kind of want to ask the questions that I don't know. I feel like some runners would like to know about. And some I've always wondered for these big races, like the Garmin Kansas City Marathon, when the race was over in 2021, you know, the last finisher crossed the finish line. Are you already then looking ahead to the next year? Like, do you get an off season on planning this race? So not really. Uh, it's funny. So we open up registration for the next year's race five days after. So the race is always on the third Saturday in October. We always open up registration the next Wednesday. So it's funny. It's one of those things we have to get there at like four in the morning or three 30 in the morning. And we've worked the expo to like eight o'clock the night before. And then we have to pack all that up, go set up the start line, set up the after party in the park. So we're all kind of rolling on about two or three hours of sleep max going into the day. And then, you know, the day itself goes from like 3.30 a.m. to about 2.30 when the last finisher comes across and we have to tear everything down, go back to the office, all that stuff. Like I get home normally around five and I'll go out and get some Mexican food or whatever and I'll fall asleep at like seven and then I'll sleep for 12 hours or 14 hours or whatever. So I guess my time where I'm not thinking about the next year at all is that evening after the race. But then I wake up the next day and I'm always like, okay, let's go see the Facebook comments and what are people mm-hmm. saying? And, you know, we've already sent out the post-race survey and what does that look like? And then it is, we already have notes of like, okay, we're creating a recap document and what went well, what do we need to tweak for next year? I know last year, overall, the new course got really good feedback. Um, the after party got good feedback. People liked the shirts and the medals, which was great, but we knew parking could be an issue just because we were driving everybody to one place. It was all a UMKC, which I don't think was terrible, but I think we realized it could have been better. And people were saying that in the post-race survey. So, you know, this year, the plazas also agreed to partner with us and they're going to be allowing people to park at some of their garages, which will help. And so like things like that, we said, okay, a lot of people were mentioning parking. That's something we need to definitely focus on for 2022. So yeah, there's not really an off season. I'd, I'd say pretty much immediately after the race, we're thinking about what was good, what could be better. And, and we're kind of starting to plan for the next year, but we don't really ramp up marketing super hard until we get to the spring, just because there's a certain group of people that are planning a year in advance, or they want to save a bunch of money on the early bird pricing. But really, I think most people don't start thinking about fall races until winter's over and they can kind of come out of hibernation and start running outside again. Yeah, that's for sure. And then you know, after that, people have signed up. We're already into the training schedule for Garmin, aren't we? Yeah. So the 16 week, I know most people either do three months or four months. So the four month training plan kicked off late June. And then the 12 week training plan, the three month plan kicks off right around July 24th, I think. So yeah, it's crazy to think it's already here. This year's just flown by as, you know, we've kind of gotten back towards fairly normal life. It seems like, especially in terms of races are back and there haven't been any issues with super spreader races as far as I know. So that's been really good, but yeah, we're, we're kind of right in the middle. So if people haven't started training for this year's Garmin Casey marathon, it's, you probably want to look at July 24th is that next date where you could get at least 12 good weeks of training. And in some ways it's really rough to train during the summer because the heat stinks and it takes, you know, two or three weeks to really get acclimated to it. But yeah, I I keep telling people you get, you get the benefit in the fall. Like when you train in 80 degrees and 90 degrees, when you go out on October 15th and it's 50 degrees or whatever race morning, you just feel like you can run forever. So there is a big benefit to these fall races. If you can just get through and tough out that summer training. Yeah. Summer training is brutal. I'm in it right now. Three weeks before Kansas city, I'm running the Berlin marathon. 
Oh, awesome. and I, I don't know how I got in. I got in through the lottery and I still don't, I can't tell you how that happened. But yes, I will be getting my third star of the world marathon majors. Nice. I, yeah, know, I don't know I'm, if you're a, if you're a beer drinker or not, but if you are, oh, yeah. I, I was going to say Oktoberfest is the greatest thing I've ever done as an adult. So if you can find a way to double dip while you're over there and extend your trip and go to Oktoberfest, you will not regret it. Yeah, I, I might have seen that it starts a week after the race is over up in um, Munich. Sounds right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that so- sounds unfortunate. Uh, but yeah, so I'm I'm super stoked. So I haven't decided what distance I'm going to do for Garmin um, okay. for the Kansas City Marathon, but I, I've got to do something. Or this might be the year I, I decide to, uh, to volunteer, kind of see how the other half lives. Because like you, I've, I've never volunteered at a race before. Yeah, I'll tell you, volunteering is really fun. I think especially... If you could get on one of those aid station crews, I think that's a ton of fun because it's it's super fast paced and high energy and the runners are very appreciative of the volunteers out there. But even if you're just a, I shouldn't say just a course monitor, it's actually probably our most important volunteer role, you know, keeping cars from driving onto the course. And also it's like a one person cheer zone too, which is cool. So right. you certainly come out with your cowbell or your kazoo or whatever, and, you know, cheer on the runners. My dad did that a couple of years ago and he couldn't believe it when like the first runner came by for the marathon, he was down near like Brookside or whatever. And it's just like those first people that come by with the police officers leading the way and they're just absolutely flying. And then two or three hours later, you see the last place person coming through and it's kind of equally inspiring to see one person who's going so fast and one person that, you know, it's not easy for them, but they're going the exact same distance as the winner. And I, I think that's really one of the coolest things about running is, you know, when you do Berlin, you're going to be out there with, I assume someone who's ran a sub two hour marathon, which is crazy, nope. but you guys are doing the exact same distance that day. And that's, pretty cool. I mean, we could never go out and play in an NFL game with Patrick Mahomes, but you know, you could go run out and run a marathon on the same course as Meb Kofleski. So that's, I think that's one of the really the coolest things about running. Oh, absolutely. One of the reasons I love it. One of the reasons we even, you know, started this podcast, but yeah, if I volunteer, I want to, I want to be one of the last two aid stations for the full marathoners because, you know, I want to be there for the people after the crowds have gone home and, you know, the, the, the back of the Packers, Hey, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and be the one that helps to cheer them to the finish line. Because I mean, th- those are the ones that I love the most because you, you can see they're struggling and you know how bad they're hurting. And so any encouragement to get them across the finish line is, well, dude, I know we're just kind of, we're spitballing here live on the podcast, but maybe, sure. we've even, we've even talked internally about, we really want to celebrate the back of the Packers and those people finishing in the last hour where there's not as many spectators at the finish line. Like maybe, you could recruit some of your crew to come out and maybe you guys ramp up the finish line spectators the last hour or something like oh, it's, not a formal, it's not a formal volunteer role, but like that's something that we think would provide value that might be something you'd enjoy. Oh, put, put me down for that. I am in. And if any of my listeners aren't doing that race, we're going to come out. I'm in, I'm in on this one. That sounds great. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Oh. Well, yeah, we can just have you show up around like 12 o'clock or something when it starts to thin out and we can give you and the crew some of those delicious pulled pork sandwiches and keep <laughs> you hydrated with the Boulevard beer or whatever while you hang out. I love Pretty it. Pretty cool. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in on that one. And look, I know you are a busy man and you've got stuff coming up. I'm trying to keep my eye on the clock for you because I know you've got other things. 
Hey, well, uh, let's talk again soon. I mean, we can keep talking for a few minutes, but anytime you want to have me on, just let me know. Oh, dude, you are welcome here anytime. And then you also have a podcast. So go ahead and pimp that out real quick. Yeah. So Garmin Casey Marathon monthly podcast, it's available on the uh, Sports Radio 810 website. But if you just go to our Facebook page at Casey Marathon, um, you can find those. And it also goes out in our monthly emails. So we put those out again, kind of starting in the spring when we ramp up our marketing. And like I said, I have a, I have a history in broadcasting. So I figured that could be a fun way to kind of do something unique that a lot of races don't do. So really it's like the monthly email on steroids where we're interviewing some of, uh, if we have an elite runner coming to town, we're interviewing that person. We'll highlight some sponsors that might be of interest to the runners. So, uh, this month we had someone from Garmin, was talking about their new products they announced on global running day and we had someone from heartland coca-cola one of our sponsors who was talking about the different products that might appeal to runners so core power power aid fair life things like that that could help with recovery and hydration or protein intake and things like that and then we'll also update everybody on what's new for the month so this month we talked about the uh, metal design which uh, just got rolled out and we're also talking about next month the uh, shirt design for this year which is always one of my most exciting things of the year so it's kind of like here's what's new this month with the race we'll have a couple interviews and maybe give tips if it's like how do you get acclimated to the summer heat so uh, really it's a lot I like what you're doing, except it's just focused on the Garmin Kesey Marathon. I, and I enjoyed it. I've, I've listened to the last two episodes. I like them. Oh, I nice. Did, I did hear about the metal design. I, I won't disclose, but I'm in support of the Kansas City landmark you guys have chosen for this year. I think that's going to be a fun medal. That's awesome. Yeah, we're super excited about it. And we can and we can go ahead and share it here. I mean, should, yeah, go for it, should it. Have been, it should have been already out in emails, but I honestly don't know if we've sent it out or not. But yeah, so this, this year is just going to be focused around the iconic shuttlecocks there at the Nelson Atkins. So we have uh, two different shuttlecocks is really the primary part of the medal with kind of some motion lines that would simulate runners running. And then uh, the Garmin Kesey Marathon logos at the bottom. So it's a pretty sharp medal. And yeah, so definitely check that out as well on social media. But we think people will like that a lot. I think anytime we can incorporate Kansas City or iconic Kansas City landmarks into the metal. I think people like it. And I think this year will be one that people really enjoy. And you said it has a kickstand. It does. So that's yes. the thing. I mentioned that Windermere Marathon. And so that's the race where I got a medal with a kickstand and I never seen that before. So essentially it's like the back of a picture frame where I, I've always had trouble. I eventually bought something to hang on my wall. That's a metal hanger, but I'd always get my race medals and I'd throw them in my dresser drawer because I didn't know what to do with them. And for this one, you can just pop it out. And now my Windermere marathon medal is on my desk at work. So I see it every day, but you can put it up on your shelf at home or your desk. And it's kind of just a reminder of that great race you had. So yeah, we're really excited. As far as I know, we're the first race in Kansas city that'll have a kickstand on the back of the medal. So we think that's pretty cool. I, I have, I'm pretty sure over a hundred running medals and zero of them have kickstands. Nice. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things. That's one of my favorite things about being a race director is anytime I go do a race somewhere else, I can count that as not that I can write it off, but I can count <laughs> that in some ways in the back of my head as a work trip. And I'm always scouting and seeing like, what can we steal from these other races? Cause there are a lot of amazing races out there, but I think that's a pretty fun thing too. And seriously, if you have ideas anytime on things you've seen that we can incorporate, shoot them my way. Okay. Well, here, go look at the Little Rock Marathon down in Arkansas in March. They, uh -huh. uh, they are the biggest finisher medal in North America. Uh, I've seen pictures. Aren't they bigger <laughs> than people's head? Yeah. And they're as big as hubcaps. It's insane. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like at some point I wonder like how much is too much, but it sounds like you like them. So you'd recommend that? Oh, I, I think it's a, it's a fun concept on their part and they pull it off really well. But the one that I have, it's actually too big and heavy to hang on anything. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. It like break, it would break your metal hanger on the wall. Oh, absolutely. It'll rip it out of the wall. It's <laughs> so heavy. It's fun. And I definitely, I applaud them for what they do, but no, I, I think we're good up here on those. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And I know Liberty, the Liberty hospital half marathon has sort of copied that approach locally. They're not as big as little rock, but they are like the size of a small plate that you oh, might yeah. have. Yeah. Oh yeah. So they, they, do, they do that as well. Yeah. They, they keep getting bigger with their metal as well. I think I've only missed that race one year and yeah, they're just getting bigger and bigger, but yeah, some people are getting a little overboard, but that's okay. I kind of like it. Yeah. We always talk about that too. Like if you go down that road, then at some point, like not only does it cost a ton of money to produce, but like at some point, like you said, it's too big to even hang it up. So we always try to have an above average size metal, but then we're like, we just need a killer design each year. That's something right. that people are really going to want to show that photo off. Yeah. And whenever you can incorporate the city in which you're running, you know, especially here in Kansas city, get one of our historic landmarks, then you've won in my book. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Well, I think people will like this year. And even if you don't run, we'll find a way to get you a medal. If you're out there at the it's spectating at the end for us. I love it. I, I'm definitely in on that. I'll be out there going nuts for the, the people at the end of the full marathon. Cause I know they're hurting. Cool. Well, I'm serious. Like let's follow up and let's figure it out. Cause I think that'd be a lot of fun. Yep, for sure. And we're absolutely going to have you on the show again. And I really appreciate your time. And again, I know you got to run. So everyone, thank you. And thank you, Dave, so much for coming on the show. And we're going to absolutely do this again. Yeah, that sounds good, Kyle. Call me anytime, okay? You bet. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah. All right, everyone. That was Dave Borchert from the Kansas City Sports Commission, the race director for the Garmin Kansas City Marathon. I hope you guys really enjoyed that interview. I really had a lot of fun talking to Dave. Talk about a guy who knows what he's talking about. Like, good grief, this guy. The Kansas City Marathon is going to be great. And now I am so excited to kind of be, I don't know, the cheer master for, the, for all the back of the Packers at the full marathon. So here's what we're going to do, everyone. I'm just going to, I'm going to go run the 5K that morning. So then I've earned a medal. I'm going to run the 5K. I'm going to have the back of the pack gear. And then I am going to spend the rest of that day just cheering, blowing it up, doing whatever they will let me do at this race in this capacity to make sure we get all the full marathoners and even the half marathoners across the finish line and feeling good when they get there. So you know what? Ah, I'm so excited. We're in. So another huge thanks to Dave for joining us. You can definitely go check out the uh, podcast that he does. Again, I've listened. I, I really enjoy them. They're very informational. And they will help get you kind of mentally prepared and psyched up to run the Garmin Kansas City Marathon. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Back of the Pack podcast. Again, a huge thank you to our guest, Dave Borchard from the Kansas City Sports Commission. We will be back next week. I don't know if there's any races. I don't know what we're going to talk about, but you know what? We're going to figure it out. So thank you. I am Kyle Walker. I am the host of the Back of the Pack podcast. We are brought to you by OKKC Sports. This show is produced by the lovely and talented Katie O'Neill. And we will see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.